Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a wonderful, on an amazing March 31st. Is that right? It is the four-year anniversary of the miracle on March 31st. Zlatan Ibrahimovic's worldwide LA Galaxy debut. One of the biggest days in MLS soccer history. We're going to talk a little bit about it. It's been four years. It feels like it was yesterday. We're going to talk about that. We will worship at the church of Zlatan. All right? Everybody come. Join us. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Get you through today's media call. Greg Vanny talked. Mark Delgado talked. Get you ready for Portland. Pretty simple. Lots to get to. A lot of fun we're about to have. To help me do all that, he's back. Always glad to have him. It's Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira. Eric, how's it going? Greetings and blessings. Blessings to you on this holiest of holidays. Happy Zlatan Day. It's 331. We can finally get to record on the anniversary. So we've talked about it enough. Everyone has this etched into their memories, but it's a it's a high holy day if you're an LA Galaxy fan. So what a great day to record the pod. You, you said blessings. Is that Latif blessings flinging off into the distance somewhere with Zlatan a little a little flick? That was a different game, right? It was a different game. Play but the boss, it, it doesn't but matter. Latif, blessings to you and to yours yes. on this beautiful 331. Yes. May you may you all fly through the air as easily as Latif Blessing did <laughs> on that wonderful day. It's it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me that it was four years ago. One, one, it feels like it was like 700 years ago. I'm going to read you yeah. whenever we whenever we start talking about this little, I'm going to read you the roster from 2018. There's going to be names on there and you're going to be like, no way. <laughs> no, that, <laughs> like how long ago was that? That feels like forever ago. So, um. So, yeah, it was uh, it's crazy that it feels like it's so long ago. It's crazy that it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. Um, Whenever we went and I was tweeting out the the two hour post uh, first El Trafico that Kevin and I did. And I went back and listened to it. And one, it's hysterical. Some of the conclusions that we come from that come come from uh, Zlatan. Uh, We still called him a a, a, I think multiple times. a rich man's Alan Gordon multiple times. How, I cringe. How, I, how I cringe at the time. So <laughs> <laughs> that was that. That was brutal because I think that was a you know back when I was doing uh, you know rest in peace guys in shorts. Uh, but when I was doing that show, I was like, he's not going to be a sub. I, I don't care if he has one leg. He's not going to be a sub. Zlatan does not come here to be a sub, and especially after that performance. Yeah. Um. Little do we know that the entire uh, really. Uh, 
LA Galaxy attack. Um, their the entire wins and losses would be hung on Zlatan's yeah, shoulders for it. two years. He's it. He was it for two years, and we th- that is one of the frustrating things. And I, I and I think there I'm going to argue. I'm already going other side. Like people will say, well, it's four years ago. Stop living in the past. You know, we need to focus on the future. If you were there, it's like that is some that's greatest game I've ever been to, b- best goals I've ever seen live. And so, so that's, we're going to talk about it when every year that pops up, just like every year an MLS cup anniversary comes up or every year, you know, a world cup memory pops up, you're going to talk about it. It's, it's one of those things. So, so I'm just going to throw it out there. We can talk about it. It's fair. It's not Bruno. We, we don't talk about Bruno. We could talk about Zlatan. And so and the other thing is just <laughs> what it meant and, and going back and looking at, okay, what's going to happen? What's going to hang? And we had Zlatan and he had these amazing moments and the galaxy, you know, one playoff run. And though it was a short playoff run at that, and just we had Zlatan, one of the best in the world, and we we didn't take advantage of it. We weren't dominant. We weren't, you know, as good as we could have been. You know, he he was. We we hung our hat too much on Zlatan. That's the one thing looking back. Like man, we we had him and he had some amazing moments, but we just we didn't have the supporting cast. And that's the thing to your point when you're saying when you look at that roster, like man. He really, we really made a chicken salad out of a chicken something else. I would say that, but the 2018 roster was actually a good roster. I mean, it's not a horrible roster. You look at the talent that was on this. Okay, here, here's the 2018 roster. Chris Pontius off the start. Party boy, Chris Pontius. The party boy. And and by the way, scored in the El Trafico, yeah. the second a huge goal. goal. Yeah, yeah, a huge goal that, that came about that. Uh, Baggio Husidic was in this. Had the one of the assists or the secondary, the hockey assist that went forward, mm. I believe actually on the uh, on the game-winning goal. He passes it to Ashley Cole. That's the ball that comes over the top that Ashley Cole runs onto and then passes it to uh, Zlatan, who scores the game-winner. Baggio Husidic, Ari Lasseter, Ashley Cole. I will tell you the biggest thing that I have gotten out of listening to everything, going back and looking at the rosters is a reminder of how much I miss Ashley Cole. Um, that remains to this day. If Please. Ashley Cole wanted to come back and play today, I yes, absolutely. hundred percent. I know you haven't been playing. I know you've been coaching. You've been doing stuff, that, but you, yes, today you could come back. Yeah. Well, and if, and if Zlatan wanted to come back and yell at Kevin Cabral to whip him in the shape that well, I'd happily take that as well. Fully <laughs> the number nine off of him. I, I really think that, uh, <laughs> that's one of the things that this is going to do, which is going to like sort of uh, paint over a lot of the Zlatan problems. Whenever you just look at this one game and what this meant and how it was, you're going to not remember any of the other stuff, which happens. Right. And and yeah. I'm not. But but I agree. This whitewashes over a lot of stuff that that, that there was Zlatan problems. Uh, Justin Vomstig, Sebastian Lejet, Servando Carrasco. We'll talk about him in a second. Emra Clementa, Ola Kamara was on this team. Remember Ola Kamara and Zlatan coexisted for a season? I'm pretty sure you made those last two names up. <laughs> Servando Grosco. The Emre Clemente era was not was not one to be remembered. Yeah. Uh, Hugo Ariano, Giovanni Dos Santos, Jonathan Dos Santos, Roman Alessandrini, three designated players right there. Hey, Eric. <laughs> Neither of which played. <laughs> I, Eric, how many how many DPs played in that in that first El Trafico? That would be zero. Zero yeah. of those. Um, and so so you had that. Uh, Zlatan is there. Broad, uh, Bradford Jamison, Efrain Alvarez, Dave Romney, Perry Kitchen, Kevin Kitchen, also known as Kevin yeah. Kitchen, especially at this time. <laughs> it was definitely Kevin Kitchen. Uh, Brian Silvestri, uh, Tomas Hilliard Arce, right? Je- oh, DHA. Your your boy Joao Pedro. This was this was really. I mean, when you think about the Eric Zlatan was the beginning of the end for for the Joao Pedro era. Yeah. Uh, Michael Ciani was on this team. David Bingham was on this team. Daniel Stares, Rolf Felcher, uh, Shannon Williams, Jurgen Shelvick, and Emmanuel Boateng. That's not a horrible roster. There's some serviceable parts there, especially whenever you go Ola Kamara. I, I mean, I'm going to say it. Giovanni Dos Santos, Jonathan Dos Santos, Roman Alessandrini, yeah. and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. 
um, Chris Pontius, Baggio Husidic, Ashley Cole. There that's, is that's an MLS, you know, playoff caliber lineup. Yeah. How did the 2018 team not make uh, playoffs? How is that possible? Right. That team was yeah. better than the 2019 team. I agree. <laughs> well, Pavone makes a huge swing. That's, yes. that's that could be the difference maker. But yeah, there's no reason why this team. Yeah, it makes you angry. It makes you angry. They should have done better. Alejandro in the in the chat room says Zlatan was a crutch, but he was a hell of a crutch. It, it, yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> if you're gonna have a crutch, yeah, that's the crutch. The, carry the golden one with uh, with diamonds on it. If you're gonna have a crutch, I mean, there are some good names in this for an MLS roster. This shouldn't have been as bad as it was. And uh, you know, I'm also gonna say that there are some really bad names on this. There absolutely <laughs> are, and you can yeah. say it. But guess what? Most of those guys didn't play, right? You you want to talk about Emmer Clemente? He didn't play. Um, you know, you want to talk about Justin Lumstig? He didn't play. You want to talk about Ari Laster? He played on occasion. Like, there's not yeah. much there uh, for these guys. Efrain Alvarez got some minutes, but not very many. Actually, probably about as many as he's getting this season. Ooh, hot take. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, Joao Pedro stopped. Was that the year that he sort of stopped playing? They, they loaned him down to G two. That was that was the beginning of the end. Yeah, international slots and and whatnot. See, ya. and then he had a few bad games on the same field as Zlatan and I think he got the evil eye and that was it that was it he got on Siggy's bad side got on Zlatan's bad side and if you don't like the coach and you don't like the star player or they don't like you then uh, you're pretty much done you're in trouble is that is yeah. what you're saying that's a that's a good take um the, the thing I always come back to this is that if you remember this game uh, first of all uh, Kevin and I were talking about it on that podcast four years ago we were saying there are going to be like 50,000 people who said they were at this game, right? Yeah, now, I was true. actually at this game. You were actually at this game. Uh, we know that. But if you remember that, that that whole day was nuts. Um, it was. The, the electricity in that stadium was something that I have not felt. Been to all the MLS Cup games, have not felt it. This felt crazy from the, from the start. Yeah, and it, it was the lead up to it because, you know, the noisy neighbors had had the, what, two-year two year lead up. So, like, this was a building tension so it's not like okay they got awarded a franchise and a month later they had their first game this is two years in the making you know the anti-galaxy you know crowd making their way making you know making noise and kind of being that annoying little brother so by the time this was like the slow burn and it just the heat just got turned up a little by little and then on that day it was just combustible you know the atmosphere was you're right unlike anything any other game that i've been to it just everyone was ready you know, like my body is ready. We, we are ready to let this happen. And uh, it did not start great. <laughs> and we were feeling pretty bad. And we said, well, the three DPs are up. Look at the players that are out there. This is not the best squad. It is what it is, you know. And, and then the, the magic happened. It's like, oh, my God, did, did this really happen? And f- fortunately, I have uh, <laughs> photographic evidence that I was there. Unfortunately for the people who look at that photo. But I, I was there. I have proof I was there. Uh, fifth minute Vela scores. Uh, that was that left footed curler that goes into the back of the net to the left side, beat David Bingham to that backside. Uh, Vela in the 26 made David Bingham dance around like a fish on the floor. Uh, two nothing. Uh, you go into halftime down two nothing and it didn't look good. Galaxy getting just pounded, beaten by speed over and over again. And that's what we, you know, I, I sort of said after that game, listening back to that podcast a little bit is they counterattacking goals speed. Urania was causing so many problems for the Galaxy, uh, blessing them the overlaps too, and just little things like that we're, we're causing all sorts of problems uh, and then you go into the second start of the second half and thinks okay we you know if you get the first goal you'll be fine the own goal to daniel stairs three nothing right so uh it's three nothing 
um, in the 61st minute. 3 nothing in the 61st minute. There are only 30 minutes left in this game. There's there's plenty of time. How could you possibly lose a 3 nothing lead? Somebody reminded me today that no matter what anybody says about this game, reminder, LAFC had a three-goal lead with 30 minutes left in the game, and they blew it. Not only did they blow it, but it was a masterful, masterful meltdown. And it all started in the 61st minute when their fans started olaying in the yeah, 61st that was the minute. Moment. That was it. That was the moment. Mm-hmm. It's, it, uh, I think uh, the, the Riot Squad cast guys were saying three nothing. I think the title of their their episode that day was uh, was three nothing, the most dangerous score in soccer, right? We always joke <laughs> about two nothing, right? They say it for a reason. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, That's great. And so uh, three nothing, uh, it's there. 61st minute, ole, ole. The ball gets to Benny Fellhaber and Servando Carrasco, the unheralded hero in this game, uh, turns over Benny Fellhaber right in the middle of this field, uh, passes the ball off to Sebastian Legette, who scores. Uh, it's now three to one. Does it mean anything? So uh, I was listening to it, and, and apparently Larry Morgan and I were sitting next to each other for this game. So Larry and I were up in the press box. Kevin was on the other side of the press box, so um, we didn't see. So it's 3-1, and apparently I turned to Larry and I said, you know, there might be something there. There's just, <laughs> there might be something. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but that was something. That Something just happened there. Yeah, at the time I thought this is a consolation goal, especially because it was Sebastian Legit coming back first goal after his, his injury. So I was like, okay. We got some positives to build on, but I did not think <laughs> I didn't think it was going to go further. Uh, 3-1 uh, in the 61st minute, 71st minute, Zlatan Ibrahimovic replaces Sebastian Legette. All right. So Legette comes off the field um, after scoring the goal and Zlatan Ibrahimovic comes in. Uh, that happens in the 71st minute. Then it's uh, Emmanuel Boateng on the left hand side, a guy who got completely played out of his shoes in the first half. Uh, Emmanuel Boateng finds Chris Pontius. Pontius comes over the right shoulder of the LAFC defender surprises him like he didn't even know he was there straight header into the corner of the net there it is three two so 73rd minute now it is three two so things are starting to happen right yeah. and and this is when i thought because Zlatan was on the field i think he created the space the boateng was getting smothered but now he was drawing attention away and that allowed boateng to make the run and this is when i started to believe this when i said we're gonna tie this game yeah. we got the second one now they're on the ropes they're, they're mentally you know frazzled we're gonna we're gonna tie this game but um, i still didn't think I was going to see what I'm, what happens next. 77th minute, uh, Tyler Miller takes a, I, I think it was a foul that was in his end. So it was near the, uh, it was on the right-hand side of the box. Uh, and it's a foul. It's a restart for him. So he sends everybody forward. He clears it. Ball goes to Dan Stairs, who catches it on it. Straight header by Dan Stairs. Right back in the general direction of Zlatan Ibrahimovic, but certainly not aimed anywhere. Uh, another guy unheralded in this play. I was going to say, you better say his name. Ola Kamara. <laughs> yep. Ola Kamara jumps up, and I forget who he was next to on, on LAFC, but uh, they're... they're LAFC fans still calling for a foul on that, still which is foul, like, yeah. yeah, it's like, no, no, <laughs> no. no, 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 no. It was, it was the uh, uncredited assist. Yeah, it, it, it was a crucial part of the play. But even though they technically didn't touch the ball, neither of them touched the ball. They both went up yeah. for it. 50 50 Ola Kamara came out of it a little better than uh, than his counterpart there on on the LAFC team. The ball bounces up to Zlatan. Now Zlatan, who had come on the field in the 71st minute, two minutes before that, had taken a couple touches in that already in that game. And uh, I likened him to a baby giraffe uh, trying to run out there. <laughs> he was he was not coordinated. It, it was no. not. It didn't look good. And you were like, "Ooh, ouch. I mean, this guy's been off for a while. You could sort of tell, OK, yep, something something's happening here. Um, you know, the whole deal. So 
Uh, apparently, he also felt that. He felt that he wasn't quite ready. And so he knew that whenever he got the ball, he might take a shot just because yeah, he, just didn't, he, he couldn't let run. Loose. Yeah. yeah, he was like, I can't, I can't run that far. I don't know how well I'm going to be able to pass. And obviously, he hits it with his right foot. The ball goes, uh, starts outside the inside, inside post. Curl. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so he comes a he gets across that ball. So it has this looping, swooping curl up and over Tyler Miller, who was way R.I.P. Tyler Miller, um, <laughs> who was like, you know, out 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 of out of position a little bit, not horribly. I mean, yeah. nobody's expecting it anybody to shoot it from was, there. It was out enough, yeah. <laughs> yep. And that ball nestles straight in the center of the goal. So it hooked a good I don't know, 12 yards or something like that. It's yeah. a ridiculous shot. It's still ridiculous. And I watched it's, it like 17 times today. It's it's still unbelievable. And at the moment, that was when, I mean, you saw the crowd. And when you see the reaction, just to have the buildup that Zlatan had and to, the, with the pedigree that he had flying in Thursday night, I think we did a Thursday night show. We were tracking the plane. We were. He trained mm-hmm. fr- Friday. Well, he had one training session. I think he even said he was falling asleep during the training session because of his jet lag. And then, the hype. Okay, he's gonna. This is the savior. This is you know the god, and he's gonna come and 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 make move mountains. And he delivers. He <laughs> delivers. <laughs> that's the craziest thing. Is it's like how many times has the hype actually delivered? That that's and and in that fashion, it was incredible. It, it was nuts. Uh, still one yeah. of the craziest things I've ever. And I've never heard the press box make the noises it made. Yeah. I've never heard I've, the stadium make the yeah. noises that it made. Um, and, and that's where you get into that argument where okay, have goals like the, technically. The other El Trafico, I think the year later, where he rainbows it over a defender and then vol- hits it on the volley. Technically, that's a more skillful goal and a it better is. goal. Right. But I think for the moment, no, there's no yeah. bigger goal than that, than that volley. It, it It is not able. You are not able to properly put what happened into yeah. perspective. And we're four years later. You're still not able to properly. It was heard. And it's the goal heard around the world. Right. I mean, yeah. it really is. And and you can say that it was it. And I, I said it. It's the biggest goal in Major League Soccer history. Then nothing else even 100%. comes close to what it did. And it put the Galaxy back on a stage and on a pedestal that rightfully they've earned over the years, right? And they already have the worldwide reach, but, you know, there's everybody was watching this goal around the world. Everyone was waiting to, exactly, around the world with because of his name, everyone was watching this game. All eyes were on this game. And so, you know, that's one of Zlatan's things that he said after that game, LAFC needs to be thankful because... Now people know who they are too. <laughs> they still, I've seen the the transfer rumors. <laughs> rarely, rarely do people know who they are. Um, so, so you get that. So, seventy seventh minute, Zlatan hits that ridiculous ball. Um, there's a there's a part in here that a lot of people forget too, and it certainly is cut out of a lot of the 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 highlights, which is Urania hitting the post. Yeah. Um, like not uh, too long after that, well, I, I want to say. Well, I think what happened is then they said, oh, you know, we can't sit back in the shell. Let's start attacking again. And you saw what was happening in the first half because when Zlatan scored my brain again, we're going to win this thing. Yeah. And then as the game went on, it's like, I'm happy with the tie. I'm, I'm okay with this. As, you know, let's just hold on. Let's survive. Um, so, so you get that. Uh, then it comes Baggio Husidic, uh, puts the ball over the top to Ashley Cole. Now, there is a part in this, and I highlighted this in the podcast. I have tweeted out the link to that podcast from 2018. It's two hours of, of reminiscent, <laughs> reminiscing fun if you say, want to do we're, it. We're spending 20 minutes now for something that happened four years ago, but <laughs> you know, go listen to two more go, hours. What's that going to hurt you? Hey, one of our good uh, soccer listeners, Pam, she says that every year on this day, she listens to the podcast that came out after it just to like, again, nice. feel feel that. that. I just want to feel something. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I've, I've been there, Pam. I've been there. <laughs> um, so uh, so Bajio Husidic uh, puts it over, but this the reason that 
Ashley Cole was in the position to be where he was is because Siggy Schmidt did something that every coach should do, brought himself in to Dave Romney. Uh, they put Dave Romney in the back and they pushed Ashley Cole. They basically put Dave Romney at left back and they put Ashley Cole up into the midfield so that way he would have something. Not only did it give Ashley Cole another defender so that way the Galaxy could push off anything, but it allowed Ashley to get forward. He gets forward on this. Remember, Zlatan's offside when the ball is first played to him, and he stops and runs away from it, knowing he was yeah. offside, and he goes, Ashley's going to get there. No problems. He comes back around. Ashley Cole's like, well, this is going to be easy because I'll just dink this over to Zlatan, and he does. Find the 6-5 Swede, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the tall white guy in the middle there. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what you're looking for. Uh, and, uh, and you know, he uh, he hit it. And he bodied off, I think, two LAFC defenders. Ball goes and up goal- and over. And the goalkeeper, yeah. Yeah, Tyler Miller again. I mean, you know. <laughs> Uh, do you think Tyler Miller turns his phone off on on three thirty one? He has to. I yeah, would yeah, because I see everybody tagging him in this. Hey, Tyler ima- Miller, remember this? Yeah, I imagine he still has nightmares. He has to. That, that's it's, it's it's in my brain, <laughs> and I wasn't on the field, so I, I would imagine that it, it gives him nightmares. But then you know another set of controversy: the Ola Kamara, quote unquote, foul, and then uh, this offside. You know, was it offside? Was it not offside? Oh. And it was close. But I think if if I, I like a tinfoil hat theory. But if Don Garber had access to the fourth official, you tie him up, you duct tape him. No, you're not calling this back. Do not change that. Even if, you know, on the side that benefits, I'm not going to say we cheated or something went unfair. But if there's a scenario where you're going to, you know, hand tie the referee and say, don't you dare call this back. This is the moment that you do that. You, you're not going to kill that moment. No, no, you don't kill that moment. And and we in that two hour extravaganza there go through some evidence that says that he was probably onside or he was probably offside and it was probably really close. Um, one of one of the angles showed that he was seven and a half inches offside. One of the angles shows he's three and a half inches onside. There's no perfect angle. Nobody can yeah. get to there. So it is what it is. Although I'm pretty sure I heard Stu Holden recently try to bring up the fact that Zlatan was offside on the goal because Stu, Stu. likes to likes to stir up Stu. controversy. Come on, Stu, you know better. Um, so anyway, so that was uh, that's the game. I mean, uh, again, it was it was surreal. It's still surreal. I, I I didn't remember this, but Kevin said this in the podcast. Um, he talked to his editor that day and the the sports editor and the sports editor was like after the game calls up Kevin and says, listen, I know the final four is going on right now. Right. Same time as it is now. Right. So I know the final four is going on right now, but we're changing the entire front page of the sports section or changing it all. <laughs> so he basically said, screw, the, fi- huge, screw yeah. the final four. This is the story that's going to be around the world and we're going to make it. And so they rewrote the entire sports section and reworked everything in order to get this. And that doesn't happen if that game isn't played at like noon on a Saturday. Yeah, it was an early game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so all this goes into his stuff. It's just crazy. Crazy stuff. Uh, absolutely God. the most ridiculous game I've ever seen in person. I doubt it will ever be topped. Um, yeah. I, I don't expect it to. That, that's why you say that 50,000 people are going to say they were there is because you have to say you were there because it was just one of those moments where, you know, to, to be in it. I, I remember just looking back, like I called my brother because he was there at the game with me. I called him on the way home when I was driving home because we, we drove separately and I said, did that ha- did that really happen? Am I did I fever dream this? Like someone slipped me something in my drink? Like did this did this really happen? Because it was it was unbelievable. Um, the uh, the I, I remember getting text messages for the rest of that day from people who don't watch soccer. Like I have buddies who aren't soccer people yeah. at all, and they're like, "Holy jeez, man, what a game!" I'm like, "What? Who's watching? Why are you watching this game?" Um, and, and yeah, and to that point, I I, I oversold a lot on to people. I was like, "You don't understand. This guy's gonna come, and he he is gonna." He's going to change your life. He's going to, you know, 
he is going to make you, you know, a soccer believer. Like I, I said that this guy was going to be the next coming and I felt so good. <laughs> so, like, he, he did it. He did it. He proved me right. <laughs> you, you oversold and he over delivered yeah. for you. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah, that's great. hard to do sometimes. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Again, the 2018 team scratches my head though. After watching all this again and going back and listening to some things and just seeing how that whole season played out, um, you know, the three, two loss to Houston at home, uh, after Ola Kamara scored two goals in the first half, the first two half, nothing, yeah, two nothing, we, two minutes we apart. We LAFC'd it. We LAFC'd it. <laughs> two nothing. Two twenty five, twenty fifth, and twenty seventh minute. Ola Kamara scores two goals, and everybody's like, "Galaxy are going to playoffs. Galaxy are going to play." There you go. This is like yeah. the not only is Houston uh, a problem on the last day, um, but just the last day in general seems to be. Just, it's like it's like the Galaxy's TNT, right? Yeah, we're, you, we're learning this. <laughs> We, we've been hurt before, and it doesn't it doesn't stop us from getting hurt again. Oh. Do we do we gonna, do we want to end this? Yeah, with hitting the super chat. Yeah, Herb, yeah what a great way to end it. So yeah. He says, "Can't make the live show. Hope the family is good." Hammer, welcome back. Have a great show. The original Sugar Daddy. Herman. So again, he 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 senses the 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 tension that there's some other some other big donors in there. But Herb, you, you never forget your first. So again, uh, um, appreciate um, appreciate the original Sugar Daddy chiming in, hopping on the show. I'm glad Herb decided to give a little today because I think we're going to have a chance for our, our chat friends right now as we move on to this other stuff to influence how we close out the show today. And so if you would like to have a dramatic game preview, which we haven't done in a very long time, Eric, I think um, I forgot how I, I don't, I don't even it's know like what slot time. I feel like I'm going to be like a giraffe, giraffe legs, baby Gira- giraffe. Ooh, ooh, I'm going to have yeah. to get used to it again. Get yeah, it's okay. I, I'm pretty sure. Let me see. Do I know how to hit the button? Yes. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> no, no, don't. No, not yet. We're not yet. But if you would like Eric, perhaps do a dramatic game preview, then perhaps hit that super chat button. A dollar is good. That's a dollar. Dollar, dollar is fine. I've, I've, love done dollar. It. I've done it for less. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we all, Eric? Haven't we all? Um, so anyway, so uh, Herb, thank you for that. Appreciate it. But uh, if you guys want a dramatic game preview at the end of this show, then perhaps you can hit up the super chat a little bit and, and help us out there. By the way, uh, am in the midst of a, a design frenzy on some scarves, thinking about doing another scarf, sort of have an idea going out there. So I'm working on it. So just keep that in mind too. All right. All right. Good. Glad everybody had that. I've, I've seen the renderings. Yeah. Looks yeah. good. Are you, I like it. Are you happy? I like where we're going. Um, you know, we'll get matching shirts. We'll have matching scarves in a little bit. Uh, we want to talk about uh, the internationals. We want to talk about uh, the media call. And one of the things that Greg Vanny said at the very end of his media availability today was he said he wanted to congratulate. Um, he had some guys, uh, the Canadians. Uh, he said that he thought that they played really well, and there's some Canadians on the team. Raheem um, is is one of those guys. Um, and so he wanted to congratulate him. He wanted to congratulate, obviously, Mexico for, for being in there as well. And you have some, some obviously, with Julian Araujo on there and Efrain Alvarez. He wanted to congratulate those guys. Um, and then also for the United States, and he was pretty happy about all that. So that's what's going on. I asked him during this uh, about the players and whether or not they would be coming back and sort of how that went. Um, and he said, everybody should be back by tomorrow. So we're recording on Thursday. On Friday, everybody should be back. He says he hasn't heard of any injuries from anybody. He doesn't believe that anybody is sort of tapped out on minutes. And so all of those guys who were out on international duty, and that's Araujo with Mexico who didn't get any minutes. Uh, Eric Zavaleta played for El Salvador a couple times. I don't know if he played in the third game or not. I did not check, but 
Actually, I know he was, I think he was started and he played in that game. So, um, Zavaleta was there. Um, Edwards was on the Canadian extended roster. Leardam, uh, was with Suriname and, uh, he apparently was back yesterday and fully training with the, with the galaxy today. Uh, Jalen Neal should be back. And I think Johnny Perez is, is another one. So all, everybody should be back at least by the very latest tomorrow on Friday. And Greg says he doesn't expect that he would hold anybody back. Uh, yeah. he, he did talk about limited numbers though for training and, and some of those things. Okay. So, yeah. Um, and, and- I don't imagine it impacting the lineup at all because Araujo didn't get the minutes, but he was with the team training, getting that experience. I imagine he's going to be hungry to get back on a starting lineup and, and to play again. Zavaleta got a lot of minutes uh, during he played in all three qualifiers. And so he'll he hasn't been in a starting role for the Galaxy. So I don't think it's going to impact if he is going to play. It would be off the bench. And so, you know, he, he's in form. He's been playing. So he'll be ready to go. Same thing with Leardam and, and then Edwards not getting the minutes. He'll be ready to go as well. So I don't think it's going to have any impact on the lineup. If Vanny decides to go with the same, same 11 or, or, you know, 10 out of the 11, I think, uh, it's not going to really impact us. Well, that was, that was one of the updates we were waiting. The other update we were waiting on was Douglas Costa. So I'll let you, I'll let Greg Vanny tell you about Douglas Costa because it's probably better than, uh, than if I do it. So here's Greg Vanny talking about Douglas Costa and whether or not he's ready to go. So, uh, as it relates to Douglas, he's one of those guys that we've been trying to We've been working to get back to full health. Uh, he was involved in some of the session today, uh, so we'll keep progressing him here over the next couple of days. Um, I'll put him unquestionable for this weekend. We'll, we'll see where he gets and how he responds over the next couple of days. But, um, you know, worst case scenario, we're, we're very optimistic that he'll be back into training early next week at the worst training. I mean, like full out, out training at the worst case scenario and ready for the next one. But there's still a little bit of a glimmer of hope that he might might be available for something this weekend. We'll see. All right. So so basically, Douglas Costa ain't playing. He's uh, not playing. And that's a, that's what I heard as well. <laughs> there's also this part of me, though, and I want to say this. There's this part of me that says Greg Vanny did leave the door open for him to play some role. And listen, you do that for two reasons. One, you think there's actual realistic possibility that maybe he would um, and that maybe you would on turf and a hamstring possibly put him in like the last 10, 15 minutes for something. I don't know. That doesn't feel right. Um, so that's something. Uh, and the other part of that is you're saying that's that way Portland doesn't go. Oh, he's absolutely not playing. Yeah. And you make him waste a little bit of time thinking about what would happen if Douglas Costa does play. Right. Yeah. Never say never just in case. But if you were betting on this, let's say you were in a pool. Would you say I'm in a pool Douglas like Costa with floaties was, on? Like, no, was he injured? after three games was he injured after four games or he didn't make five games like if you'd say douglas costa would was not going to play more than four games before injuring himself i mean that would, pro- would you say the fourth game or would you would you count it the third game the, the, i don't know the, the over I'm, under I'm not, was probably not, five i'm not saying that i have to pay anybody out i'm just saying hypothetically yeah you know what what game would you count that would you say after three games or after four games yeah um I, I would say I would say four games was probably four about, games. Okay, yeah, he I played mean, four games and got hurt. Yeah, okay. that's that's not a surprise. That's official for the record. Stamp it. Uh, pay 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 your bets. A one. Not you. No no no. Sure. Yeah. So uh, a one one would someone might have to pay or you yes exactly. Um, no, I mean here's the thing: is nobody should be surprised by Douglas Costa getting hurt. We knew this. This was one of the biggest knocks on him knocks no no pun intended but it's yeah. the biggest knocks on him is that he couldn't stay healthy um and so we're seeing that at least initially and this doesn't seem like it's horrible all right and listen there's other guys who have been injured too Derek Williams has been injured for this whole time too we're expecting that he he will be available as well it's not 
always just him, but he does have a history of it. We know he has a history of it. We knew this was one of the biggest risks that they would get out of him. So, I mean, you know, I don't know what the Galaxy want from him. Are they happy with him playing 20 games? Because it feels like he's a 20 to 25 gamer. Um, but that's your second designated player, your second highest paid player on the team. And remember how excited I was that I was sort of showing the DP numbers and how high a percentage yeah. of minutes, they like 80 something percent. So far. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, when you don't play, that percentage yeah. drops pretty fast. And, and I'm one who, who was high on Costa also and thinking that he, he and you saw it in those those games that he has it. He has the talent. It's just this is going to be the issue. Is he going to you know be able to stay healthy and play all those games? Uh, and that's just the unfortunate part. I think going away on turf. Uh, it just it's a recipe not to play and so if you're going to rest them fine i'm okay with it but th- going back to what we said about um decision day being like you know a big red flag for the la galaxy these injury reports are also a big red flag yeah okay he'll be back next week we've heard that before and you know three weeks later a month later oh you know he's still rehabbing he's still working on it you know so or is it really a week away or is this one of those things where it's it's we're saying it's a week away, but it's really, you know, three to four weeks. And so that's that's the scary thing from the outside looking in is are we getting the legit report or are we getting, you know, something that's just going to patch us over because we're trying to you know do the gamesmanship with our opponent to make them think that, that Douglas is going to be on the field. Yeah, uh, he's so we'll find out next week, really. He, he, yeah, he I mean, you know, this he's not and you're not going to play him on turf. You're not going to do that. You're not going to risk him. You're not going to do any of that stuff. You're going to let him get better. You're going to let him heal over the break that he had. I mean, he got injured probably at the perfect time. Yeah, when you look at it, he could be out two, three weeks and really he only misses one game. Right. So, yeah, um, I, I guess that that's a positive. But you can see the Galaxy are going to lack if he's not playing. I mean, the same with Kevin Cabral, by the way. Uh, if Kevin Cabral can't start scoring goals, the Galaxy are not going to be successful. And they're starting to have have a really potent offense that can't finish chances. Um, so it's, you know, again, we'll we'll look at these things and, and go. But the, the Galaxy, to, in my mind, where the Galaxy are after four games is they are that same team, Eric, that was finishing out last season. Right. They're in that sort of form. Remember last season? Yeah. At, towards the end. Sh- creating chances, doing all the stuff, but they were under, they were underperforming their XG. And right now they're yeah. underperforming their XG, which is different than last year at the beginning of the season where they were overperforming their XG. Yeah. Right. It's, it's they at the beginning of the season, they played games that they shouldn't have won and got results. And at the end of the season, they played games that they should have won and didn't get the results. Yeah. And so, um, this is where we get now, you know, there's something to, and I, I think it's important to point out, there's some there's people to blame for a Costa injury problem, which is you knew this was going to be a problem. Everybody knew this was going to be a problem. And this was still the guy that you arrived on. So one, Jovan Karoski out there scouting somebody like Douglas Costa and saying, this is the guy that I think we might want to do. And according to how it's supposed to work, as we've been informed, how this process works is Greg Vanny gets sort of the last say on it, which is, oh, OK, you think you, you can get Douglas Costa? Well, yeah, I want Douglas Costa on the team, the whole deal. So there had to have been a discussion at one point, which was. He's injured all the time. So are we okay with taking that risk? Because if you didn't have that discussion, then fire everybody and make them pack up yeah. and make them move. Well, yeah. And and also taking into account that Chicharito is not going to play 34 games also that, you know, there's going to be a, a point where, you know, he's maybe going to need some rest or, you know, hopefully, you know, he's able to take care of himself and it's not forced off to injury, but understanding that he's probably not going to be all 34 games, 90 minutes either. And so now that's two designated player spots that you're figuring in that there's going to be some some absences there. Over, under, on the number of games the Gala Galaxy play before all three designated players miss a game. <laughs> Is it 15? Uh, Is it I 20? 
Except the, the, Kevin the Cabral. Thing, is I, don't, I don't think Cabral is not injury prone. Knock on wood. That's <laughs> yeah, the last thing you gonna, want to say. They're going to sit I, him. I think but they're gonna sit him. Get them in. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, I think you can't sit him if, if Costa and Chicharito are out. So, so that's, you kind of force the hand in that, in that regard. So, I'm going to go whatever the under is. I'd go under. Okay, under. So you would say that it's less than that before. I mean, I, I think we're approaching sometime in the next two months, you're going to get a game without any any three of the designated players being available. You watch. Something's going to happen um, because we know that Chicharito has problems. We know that Douglas Costa has problems. So it's really about Kevin Cabral whenever he picks up yeah. some sort of knock or injury or, or something yeah. like that where they're not going to play. Um, and so now you have big problems. Chicharito's contract technically up at the end of this year. Um, so you can move away from that if you feel that that's a huge enough, uh, a big enough problem. Um, but yeah, anyway, so so that's sort of where we sit on on all of that stuff. I, I just think that there can't be. Listen, there's no general manager, right? There's nobody who's actually the GM, which is really smart because that means that you can't really fire a GM when there isn't one, right? So um, in saying that, there's some accountability in all these decisions. I think it's important to remember that this is what anybody with a right mind was saying. We always said Douglas Costa would be one of the most talented players on the field when he was on the field, but we knew that there were injury concerns. We knew that he was out of shape whenever we went to Brazil. We know that he hasn't regained that from a long time either. So, um, yeah, that's where we sit. All right, good. Close on, good close on Costa? Okay. Close on Costa, and then uh, Aaron did drop a 499 in the Super Chat saying, don't slap Josh on stage. So, yeah, you know, that's part of why I moved. You know, it's proximity. So That's, that's right. That's the same uh, reason you know. Kevin and I can't be in the same, because everybody wants to slap him. <laughs> um, that's why he's not allowed to walk out around people. Because he, he, he can't keep, uh, you know, wife's name out of Ouch's mouth, you know. Yeah, that's it. That's oh. it, exactly. Nice try. I missed that one. Way, way yeah. to struggle through <laughs> that one. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm so over that. <laughs> I was like, okay, we got a, a good, you know, week and a half of jokes. And then, you know, an hour later after that night, I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. We're, we're, we're good. The internet moves too fast. Uh, let's see. I wanted to get to Greg Vanny. I asked him what he thought went well over the first four games, what they needed to work on. Um, and this was his response. No, I, I uh, I really thought we were successful in trying to implement what is our style of play, how we want games to look. We controlled the possession in the vast majority of the games, but not just possession for the sake of having possession. I thought we were uh, we were pretty dynamic and good in terms of chance creation. Um, you know, there's games where the way we play and when we have good possession, we force the opposition sometimes into mid or lower blocks where there's not a ton of space in front of the goal. So not all of our, our chances were clear cut, but we certainly we certainly had a lot of decent looks or opportunities to be dangerous. Um, so, again, I think we were in control of a lot of the matches. Uh, again, we, we failed execution in one game on the set piece side of things, and then we failed in, in really one big transition moment. It wasn't even a transition moment. It was a goal kick in which we started to press a little bit before we were organized, and then it became kind of one aggressive mistake after the after the other um that led to uh led to a goal but outside of that i thought we really controlled the games um and we put ourselves in position where in the majority of the games if we have 28 chances and the opposition has two you gotta like your your chances in games like that and now it's about a it's about execution in the final action it's about not having situations where we compound the first mistake with multiple mistakes because i felt like that's really what got us in the last game uh, so somewhere we've got to break that chain and make a good, solid decision that, that can protect us. Um, but th- those are, again, those are things that hopefully as we continue to get sharper and guys continue to to work out sort of our timing and our kinks that, that we're going to execute better and better along this. But I feel like we've been uh, definitely the the team that has um, had the best opportunity to win each of these games. And, and so that's that's a good sign for us. 
All right, Craig Vanny. Again, I, I don't disagree with his 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 you know evaluation. Do you think? Do you have anything that that you think? I, well, one, I think it's very Italian of him, you know, to to have more ch- more chances and to walk away losing. So just want to get that shot in there. That's exactly why you know Portugal's in the World Cup and Italy is not. Is one team was able to finish their chances and the other was not able to finish their chances. So oh. it, it's it's right there. Had to had to throw that in there. Yeah. So you know, I'm glad Portugal's back in. But it's it's the same same symptom. You know, over the course of a season and just like you know to make that comparison with Italy and North Macedonia, if they played thirty four games. Italy's going to win the majority of those games over the course of a season if, if you played that all out. And so I think that's why Vanny's walking away with a positive that over the course of the season, if you're consistently out shooting your opponent, eventually the numbers are going to work out. It's going to work in your favor. You're, the goals are going to start to go in, you would think, uh, eventually. So that I, I understand that he is coming from a positive, but but you also, you know, he's of course going to take the positive spin, but he also had two games. There were winnable games, and you walked away with zero points. Zero. Not a draw. No. You walked away with nothing. Yes. And so I think that's where you need to, you know, make cause for a little bit of concern that we can't, you know, if we need to grind something out, get a result, get something out of it, even if we know we deserve to get three points, well, let's at least settle for one or, or you know, a lapse caused us to, you know, let a late goal and they, they tied it at the end, but we, we at least walk away with something. But to walk away with nothing in games where you feel like you should walk away with three points that that's a, a cause for concern. Again, over the course of a season, still very early. We'll see if this averages out. It works itself out. But uh, you know, just something. Okay, the, the radar's up, tingling a little bit. You know, we had games that we could have won and we blew it. Is this a, is this a, a problem or is this just bad breaks? Uh, we we talked about losing back to back games. They won they won back to back games to start. Lost back to back games. Uh, now they enter into a, a, a time against Portland, against LAFC, a difficult April coming up. Um, certainly something to, to sort of keep an eye on um, as we as we move forward. The other thing I wanted to get to from this was Greg Vanny was asked about Dayon uh, Jovalich and and you know whether or not he was going to get more playing time. Plus, is there a, you know does he see a scenario where Dayon and, and Chicharito would start together and basically give yourself two forwards up top? Here's Greg's answer. It's long because it's Greg Vanny. Um, but I think he tries to explain his point of view. We'll talk about it after we're done. So here's Greg uh, answering that question. I do. I think those scenarios uh, are, they can happen. I think it depends a little bit of what the opposition is doing. So, you know, look, to get in my head a little bit, I think when you play two strikers, sometimes you you concede a little bit in your ability to possess uh, and, and maybe control games and create with two strikers. But you might be a little more dangerous in and around the goal. That might be the case. Um, you know, for me at times, I feel like, again, I think we are, we're controlling games. We're getting to good chances. It's, it's, when is the right time to go to two strikers? When is it the right time for us to, to stay in a shape that, that, uh, that has been similar to what we've been doing lately? I think also it's important that the two of those guys, as we continue to, to work through windows like this, uh, that they get used to playing together and they don't do the same things, but they actually complement each other in, in those scenarios. And so, um, when you have two strikers who are really goal-oriented and they're really thinking about scoring goals, and sometimes you see that they, they end up doing making the same runs or doing things that are very similar instead of kind of playing off of each other. But that just takes, again, more and more repetition, them getting used to each other and adapting their mindset when they're on the field together. So, um, But Dayon's going to play a big role in this. It's just been, look, we've played four games. Each of those games has been one week from the other. Uh, so it hasn't been so easy for some of our guys who who um, who will get a lot of minutes as the season progresses, but just haven't got it, gotten as many as I know they would like and as we would like them to get just in the short short part of the season so far. 
All right. So the argument for Vanny is that uh, one, I, I think he's 100% correct on the Dayon and Chicharito make the same runs. They do. And I've seen it and they're in the same spot. And whenever they played them, that's been my biggest complaint about playing them. So one of the ways that you can get away from that, by the way, is by playing them more together. So that way they figure out where they're supposed to be and not be. <laughs> he talks about that, but in, in game minutes, it matters in game. So he does have to give them more time together in order to do that. Um, I also think that Dayon is absolutely 100% ready to come in whenever Chicharito he's eventually hungry. does get injured, yeah. right? I mean, we know that. He's a one-for-one he's one replacement. Yeah. That's why he's there. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know that I love the, the well, whenever you have two strikers, you can seat a little bit somewhere else. That's, that's, that's exactly where I was going to push back and, and kind of disagree with Greg. There I go, disagreeing with the, the manager, you know, just a dude. But anyway, I, I think where he says, oh, you concede possession by having two strikers up there. I think one of the issues that I've seen on the field is Chicharito, when he's on the field and he's not getting the service and not getting the help, he drops back very deep and he helps with possession and he helps kind of spark those runs and get things going on the counterattack. So if he kind of drops deep in that role, then that leaves no one up front, you know, to finish and to have that killer instinct. He now needs to, you know, exert his energy, go twice as much. So he's back in position once he drops deep and dishes it off to Vasquez or puts it out to the wing to have one of the wing backs kind of push forward. Then he needs to exert himself extra to get in the box and then put himself in position. If you have Jovalich out there, he drops deep. He helps kind of spark that run. And now you have Jovalich up there waiting with the killer instinct ready to put it away. So I think, We've seen Chicharito help with possession, so I don't think you're conceding possession by having two forwards out there. And to your point, when you have them out at the same time, then they're going to learn, and then maybe you know Dayan drops back and helps out. Although I think Chicharito is better at dropping back and helping out. But but that that's the one thing I'll push back. I don't think you lose possession, especially with Chicharito what he's he shown plays, during yeah. his time on the field. He comes back to possess anyway. So now instead of have, being naked up top without a striker or with, you know, a Kevin Cabral who seems to have the yips and, and isn't isn't putting him away. You now have Dayon who I think, you know, has shown that he has that killer instinct to put him away. I, I want to see I want to see more of him on the field. I don't think we've seen nearly enough of him this season. But yeah. maybe that maybe that time is coming. Yeah, and and you know, I, I think I agree. And I think that's a criticism certainly of Vanny and and when you're looking at what he's trying to do. Um it, it's also it feels a little bit you know, the, the reason he's saying you concede possession a little bit is because then you don't have as many matchups in the midfield, right? That's what he's saying. But your point is that Chicharito drops in the midfield anyway, so you'll still have that possession. And yeah. yeah, he's going to do it. Uh, and he's really successful whenever he does that, by the way. I, I, a lot I, of people I, scream at him. They're like, no, stay forward. I'm like, dude, every time he comes back and starts a play, something happens. So let him and, come back. And I'm guilty of that because I look at him and I'm like, he's not like technically skilled on the ball. He's not a, a you know, a tech, a tech or King. Like he's not going to, but every time he goes back, he, he wins possession. He fights for it and he, he makes something happen. You know, he's not going to get you one-on-one -on, -one on the dribble, which actually credit to Cabral. Cabral is much better at that. He is, but he, he makes, he makes stuff happen. Chicharito makes stuff happen when he drops back. He absolutely does. And so, um, I, I don't, I don't mind that. And that's, and by the way, don't take that away from him either. That's the galaxy. Yeah. Don't have a 10. Let Chicharito ghost into the 10 spot on occasion. He's, gonna, he's, a, he's a nine and a half. He's a nine. And a half. <laughs> well, he's about that tall. He's, he's not quite, you know, uh, a tall guy. He's sort of, he's, he's, he's tall. I, I stood next to him. Chicharito's a good size. He's not a small man. He's, he's not a short King. He's not, he's not that big, Eric, Eric, Eric. He's not that big. See, I'm pretty that's what sure I get when I'm not in the room. I don't feel I don't feel that I stood that next energy. to him and I was like a little bigger than I remember, but still <laughs> not like I'm sitting there going, oh, man, that's one big dude. No, he's not a big his, dude. His aura is six, six. Absolutely. I mean, his aura is seven. Two. Energy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He can he can hit slap you across the face with his aura <laughs> from 20 feet away. There um, it is. 
Yeah, good. Uh, so anyway, so that, that that was sort of one of the things. We'll hear from Greg Vanny here in a little bit whenever we go to preview um, sort of what is going on with the Portland game. So we'll get to that here in just a couple minutes. Um, again, if you want a dramatic game preview, now would be the time for Super Chat. I'm just saying. Um, you know, maybe maybe I know how to hit the button. Maybe I don't. You know, you have to persuade me a little bit. Uh, one of the things I wanted to get to, though, was I was looking at preparing for this Portland game. Uh, so one of the things I was doing was I went to 538. Now, we're not going to get to the game odds because we will save that for whenever we talk about the game. But one of the things I ran across that I was surprised because I haven't been paying attention to it recently is just their overall rankings of teams. Um, and so if you look at 538's overall rankings of teams of which the LA Galaxy were well towards the bottom of last year, um, they are no longer the last few seasons. Yeah, the last few seasons. They are not in that position right now. And as a matter of fact, they're one, two, three, four, five. They're the sixth best rated team in their SPI, you know, number or however they, they want to calculate that in their SPI. They're the sixth best team in Major League Soccer through the first four games. Uh, Eric, you screamed at me whenever I said this. Yeah. You're like, you're like XG. It's because of it's XG. XG. When I, I, I that's I was trying to figure out why the Galaxy in previous seasons was not higher up, and then I actually looked at like the algorithm that 538 uses to build their rankings, and it's very heavy on XG. And so what Greg Vanny just shared is we're getting a lot of chances where the XG is high on the Galaxy, so that makes sense on why they're popping up higher on the list. I, I have them seventh in MLS, top three in the West, but again, still higher than you know previous seasons where they've been projected. So. It's kind of a good sign, especially last season. I, I've mentioned this before, and I'll mention it again. NYCFC last season kept climbing at the top of 538, and they were not at the top of the standings. And so it, I always kind of pause there and say, why do they have NYC so far up? And at the end of, at the, end of the, the season, they were the ones who were lifting MLS Cup. Hot, so, hot take, know, I, I, hot take. Yeah. And NYC still not wasn't that good. Just, just that, was, that was my hot take. But, but they did win the an MLS Cup. I heard I heard something that stuck with me this week, uh, and again goes back to Portugal. Um, but it's you've heard the adage defense wins championships, but it's not necessarily true in soccer. Defense wins leagues, offense wins cups, uh -huh. and so I, I really like that one. So I think defense will get you, you know, supporter shield higher in the standings. But if you want to win cups, you got to have you got to be able to bury it and put away those goals. And I think that's where this five thirty eight ranking, you know, favors the Galaxy and makes you feel good. And we'll see if go, going back. We're 50-50 right now. We're two and two. Is this, you know, the Galaxy has a high XG and eventually the flood of goals is going to happen? Or is this their identity? They're a team that, you know, can sniff around the goal a lot, but just doesn't have the ability to put it away. Yeah, they have them uh, in an average simulated season right now. The, the, the LA Galaxy finish finishing with a plus six goal differential, 538 does, and 51 points. Uh, let's see. That would be three more points than they had last year, right? Did they finish at 48 last year? Was that everybody was on 48? I think. I think that's. How yeah, I'm not. Remember. I'm not going to go back and revisit that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but still. <laughs> sure. I'm yes. not. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yes, uh, and if we if we pan over to the Eastern Conference to sort of see where everybody stands in terms of standings, uh, Philadelphia leads the Eastern Conference with 10 points, uh, four games played, three wins, and one draw for them. It then goes Columbus, Chicago, Orlando, New York, Atlanta, and DC. Those are the teams above the line. Charlotte now up to eighth Charlotte you know maybe that win against Charlotte is going to come out to be a very good win by the end of this because Charlotte is not as bad as maybe everybody thought they were going to be I think we caught them at the right time <laughs> that home opener was scary just because that energy you can't you can't predict that you know what that's going to be but when you looked at their players and how they were playing in that game 
they they weren't they didn't have the the FC Cincinnati stench. You know, they look like they've they've got something going, especially with their striker, their DP signing that they have up there. I th- I think they've got something. You know, maybe they're not gonna, you know, be uh, bottom of the table. Maybe they won't be you know MLS Cup winners, but they'll they'll make some noise. They'll they'll upset some people this season. Yeah, uh, they're in eighth. Uh, FC Cincinnati, who's won some games, uh, now in ninth. Uh, New York City in tenth. That that's going to end up being a good win for the Galaxy too. Just wait for that to play out. New York City is going to get out of their little CCL funk and and climb back up those standings. So that is going to happen. New England, obviously, the Sporter Shield winners last year, eleventh. Uh, then it goes Toronto, Montreal, and Miami. Montreal and Miami definitely dumpster fires so far um, early in the season. But it's nice to see MC Cincinnati not at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. So good job, F- FC Cincinnati. Maybe they won't win the wooden spoon for the fourth consecutive year. Um, if we head over to the Western Conference, it is uh, LAFC, Galaxy's uh, next opponent after this Portland game. Uh, it'll be the first El Trafico coming up on April 9th. Uh, that's at Dignity Health Sports Park. So LAFC in first place. That could be a first place LAFC uh, coming into Dignity Health Sports Park, a place they have never won before, uh, which will be an interesting uh, take on uh, on everything. RSL. Right now, I think they have 10 people on the injured list right now, if I remember, 10 or 11 people on the injured list. So I would expect that perhaps where they're at right now, second with 10 points tied with LAFC, um, through five games played, LAFC through four games played, uh, I, I would expect RSL maybe treads water here for for a little bit. Um, we see that Minnesota is in third place, Austin in fourth place. Austin might be one of those pretenders. I'm not sold on them yet. FC Dallas in Fifth place, Colorado in sixth place, LA Galaxy in sixth place. Again, we've talked about this before. There are several good teams below the line right now, and you would expect that they will eventually be above the line, which means some of those people above the line are going to be below the line. Right now, it's the LA Galaxy <laughs> who will be below the line if uh, those other teams sort of jump yeah, up. I, I love the, your math there. That, that made perfect sense. Balance, perfect balance hey. there. I, th- I think Salt Lake are pretenders. I think Austin are pretenders. I think... Dallas might be for real this season for <sighs> how they've, you know, what, the, what they've done that we say this every year, you know, they look well coached. They look like they can play and they end up falling apart. Um, but I think they, if they keep it up, I think with Ariola in there, I, I could see them, you know, hanging around and, and being a nuisance in one of the playoff spots. I think Colorado is taking a little bit of a dip. Vancouver is there at the bottom. It looks they're thought at that. the end of last season. And I think this is, this is your mom's Vancouver. This is, this is the Vancouver that we know and love who just kind of sits right. in that, that bottom of the barrel. Uh, Western Conference. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I think there's a lot of movement that these teams who are above the Galaxy right now that there's there's going to be room to jump up. And of course, you have your SKCs, your Portlands, your Seattles, who are always in the mix, who are probably going to jump in there. And then Nashville, of course. Uh, you know, we we're, we like Nashville. We're a pro Nashville. Uh, you know, even though they're now on the West Coast or the Western Conference, not the West right. Coast. Um, so I, I think Nashville is, you know, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna figure it out, uh, you know, with these Western conference teams as well. Yeah. Nashville, uh, coming to Dignity Hill sports park on April 16th, I believe that is the first local TV game. I'm, I'm hearing things are close on local TV. I don't know who it is, but I'm hearing it's close. I expect an announcement <laughs> soon, which you'd need because it's basically two weeks away. I was going to say, if you've been listening to the podcast, uh, you, you've done a great job. <laughs> Shout out to, to you for, for kind of sleuthing and figuring out, I think, you know, if you're an avid listener, you you could probably guess where it's going to end up. I think all the signs, that, all the infrastructure and signs are pointing there. We, it, we don't know, you it, know, anything. It's still a lot to be decided, but it just, I don't know how it, you're just going to spring something up out of thin there. <laughs> oh, the game's on YouTube and it's geo-blocked or, you know, it's on the... Uh, <laughs> 
you know, KCOP or, you know, it's, it's going to be one, you know, get your rabbit ears to watch the game. I, I don't picture that happening. I think there's infrastructure already in place with uh, some previous homes of the LA Galaxy. You would have to, otherwise the level of competence is so high. It's almost like you, you would be like, that's impossible. It just can't be. Um, there's, <laughs> it just, it wouldn't, it, it's never going to happen. So anyway, uh, LA Galaxy 14th right now, exactly in the top half of the uh, of the league uh, just barely uh, you know drop another point and you're in the bottom half so just FYI right there in that center um, you know uh, mediocre I, I guess is is what you could say uh, I think they have the ability to be a good team this year we'll see if that eventually pans out as it goes um, one of the other things obviously we're paying attention to is this April I asked Greg I asked uh, Mark Delgado about this and I said you know is there a focus on this Portland game of sort of starting April off right because basically you have three away games in April <laughs> You have two home games in April. You have some very good teams. Portland is obviously this weekend. LAFC uh, next weekend, April 16th. I, I'm sorry. That was the Chicago game. Nashville is the is the 23rd. Um, they're coming in. And then RSL. None of these teams are easy. And that includes Chicago, who is very, I think, middle of the table right now on, yeah, on the Easter conference. Yeah, they've turned around a little bit. They seem like they have they have a team. Yeah, it seems that way. So um, so this is what April looks like. I said, is there a focus on this? He goes, you know, yeah, of course there is because, you know, he wants to get momentum going and the whole deal. Our entire uh, full media calls up on our YouTube channel. You can go listen to the entire thing if you want. I encourage you to do that. Um, so <coughs> excuse me. So that's what we have in April. <laughs> and, but one, one thing that I used to love that Bruce did, I didn't love it at the time. I always thought it was weird. But he'd look at a, a week, you know, they'd play a, a Sunday game, a, a midweek game, and then a Saturday game. And he says, you know, you know, looking at these three, three games coming up, you know, we want to walk away with, uh, you know, at least seven points. And so, you know, that's two wins and a draw. Or, or he, he put like, okay, this, you know, over this two-week stretch, we want to walk away with 10 points. And I always said, you know, look at the games, look at the individual games and kind of figure out where you, you want to go. But I think setting that point marker, I, I like the way that he used to do that because then you can say, it doesn't matter how we get there. This is our goal. We need to win this game. Okay, we lost this first game, so we need to make it up on this end. It kind of puts you in that mentality of what you need to do if you kind of have those goal settings. You know, you don't say, well, you want to win every game. Of course, everyone wants to win every game. But when you set those realistic markers, I think that does, uh, that could motivate the players and kind of let them know where they stand. And I think that was a good tactic. Looking back at the time when he said it, I was like, it's kind of a weird thing to do. But now that I look back at it, I was like, that's actually, you know, I could see how that could motivate a team. Yeah, it, 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 it's one of those things, but then you can also be like Greg Berhalter who says we want nine points out of the first window <laughs> and you get, you know, two draws and, and nothing else. Right. And you get two points then you were supposed to get nine, you know, so there's, there's always problems that yeah. can arise from, from predicting that type of thing. If you look at may, uh, may flips with, uh, three home games, two away games. So again, five games, uh, Austin on the road, you have Minnesota on the road and then home games to Dallas, Houston and Austin, the yeah. Texas, the Texas gauntlet M mother's day in Austin. You know, that's, that's a hard sell. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you live in Texas, you're like, yeah, let's go to one of these away games. Yeah. What, what do you, what'd you like to do on mother's day? So yeah. So you're going to be, so you're going to be that awesome well Casa de Hammer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, basically the Texas two-step, uh, with a little Minnesota added in there in, in May, um, four of the five games played against Texas teams, uh, three of the five games played at home. So, uh, Austin gets the front end of the, the month and the back end of the month. So, uh, that's going to be an interesting one. All right. Um, I get, you know what? Let's, I'm, I'm ready. Are you ready? It's time. I think it's, it's ready. Time. Yeah. I think let's see. It's been a while. It has, it has been a while, but I know you're professional. I know you can handle it. So. I don't wait. I don't want to go yet. Um, okay. I want to make sure that you're prepared for this. LA Galaxy coming up um, against Portland Timbers. This game kicks off 
uh, at 155, so 130 TV start time. Uh, Fox Sports 1 and Fox Deportes are your television time. So uh, 130 p.m. TV starts. 155 p.m. is when kickoff is. This is on Sunday, April 3rd. So it'll miss both of my weddings. I have a wedding on Friday and a wedding on Saturday. No wedding on Sunday. One of the people who I who uh, asked me to go to their wedding said, well, what would have happened if I got married on Sunday? I said, well, then you would have been down one guest because I wouldn't have been there. <laughs> I don't think they like that, but that's okay. They'll yeah, they'll survive. That's right. A two wedding weekend. I know. I've, I've never done that. That's impressive. Back to back nights too. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not excited about it. So anyway, so now without much further ado, uh, before we get too far, I want to make sure that we get ready. Here he is, Mister. Okay, no, we're not yet. I want one more thing. Oh, I want to get to before uh, before no we get. To, tease. This is an important game, Eric. You have All to right. you have to sort of put it into perspective Build of where this is is that, you know, with the tough month that April is going to be, um, it's extremely important, which is tough to say whenever you're talking about a team like the Portland Timbers who are good and, and, and who can do some stuff. So um, I, think, I think now everybody's ready. We'll, we'll let everybody go now. Are you ready? Good. Sure. I, I'm glad. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't prep anything this time, so we'll see how it goes. This is, this is a freestyle? This is freestyle. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Wow. I'm, I'll get the bleep button ready for whenever you say a swear <laughs> word. All right, here we go. Eric and dramatic preview LA Galaxy versus our LA Galaxy at Portland Timbers. This Sunday, your LA Galaxy is traveling away to Portland, where the Grim Reaper Derek Williams will go to knock some Portland Timbers players under the rug, since Portland is used to having things swept under the rug and put the other direction. Speaking of looking the other direction, Kevin Cabral will also be looking to find the goal. He has not been able to find the back of the net, and we are looking for our Frenchie to find the back of the net. This Sunday, Chicharito, Kevin Cabral, Derek Williams, they're coming to chop down the Portland Timbers. No, Douglas Costa. Oh, sorry. That was me. I just I just wanted to <laughs> throw, throw that in there. I just wanted to throw it at the end. Just sort of get everything. Yeah. Uh, uh, got to get back into those. I didn't feel 100%, but hopefully we got a little taste of it. You you were the, right. The, you were like Zlatan. Via, via Skype, yeah. Via Skype, it, I get, know, we still have those sound issues. We're going to figure this out. It's a Skype thing. I don't know how yeah. else to do it because it's a Skype thing. Skype, whenever you play music, it wants to be like, oh, wait, there's music. Let me let me to- take down yours. I have to like constantly modulate the music and, and do so. Anyway, we get, you got it. Uh, LA Galaxy Outsider, by the way, in the chat room says, a back-to-back wedding is going to need more cough drops for that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I am. I am struggling. Yeah. No COVID here, by the way. No COVID. Um, but by the way, if I'm going to get it, it's this weekend. Uh, two large weddings. I am. It's, this is this is it. I will be testing in and out of those weddings. So it's where they get you. This is this is where they get you. Drop the mandates. Feel good. Let's go out. Let's hug people. That's what that's what got us got us last summer. It was wedding season. Everyone was back, and then uh, yeah, and then we all got back in our shells. So Sunday, hopefully, hopefully Sunday, 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 Sunday. LA Galaxy versus Portland Timbers. Uh, the Galaxy will travel up on Saturday. Yeah, I saw it. LA Galaxy outsider called you out. I was going to say that hurts. That hurts for my brother, Madam Serrano, the outsider, you know, in preseason form. But you know what? You're right. You're right. That, I, that was not that was not, uh, you know, season form. So I owe it to you. I will be better. I will be better moving forward. Uh, by the way, uh, E Super does point out LA Galaxy, Portland Timbers, only game on Sunday, uh, which is funny because if you go look at the schedule, it's like everybody plays on Saturday and then Sunday. Uh, the probably the reason they did that was because Portland played last weekend. They were one of the teams that played. Yeah, during, they played during the break. During the break, uh, it was a one-one draw with Orlando. They finished with ten guys in this one. Um, Van Rankin got uh, two yellow cards. A stupid yellow card. Stupid, stupid, stupid yellow card. Um, if anybody on the LA galaxy got that type of yellow card, I could do two hours of complaining about it. Um, absolutely. hundred <laughs> percent. 
Yeah. But but Van Rankin is one of the, the more consistent players for Portland. So we're very fortunate that he's not going to be in the game because I think that's that's a huge, huge boost. And then I don't know if you had uh, Bill Tuadoma, you know, got called for New Zealand. He scored two goals in their their playoff against uh, Solomon Islands. I believe that was a blowout. But he, he was someone who's been consistent for Portland. But I don't know. He that was that's a long flight yesterday. That's a long flight. And that's, you know, so I don't know if he'll be on the field. So without Van Rankin, without Tuiloma, you know, maybe this is a chance. You know, you're going away at Portland on turf. It's tricky, but, uh, you know, maybe maybe they can make some magic happen. Yeah, I mean, very well could. Um, you know, one of the things that I asked, and I asked Greg Vandy about it, so I'll let him explain what he thinks Portland is going to do. Um, he calls Portland Portland, which is accurate, um, but he has a very good explanation. So let's hear from Greg Vandy on what he is expecting from this Portland team. Yeah, I think, you know, Portland is is Portland. They're, they're never going to change too much. They're... They usually, uh, if they see the opportunity to, to try to initiate some pressure high, they'll, they'll do it. But if they don't, they're very comfortable getting into their mid block or their lower block, uh, forcing just condensing spaces, making it really difficult for the opposition to create chances. Their center backs are fantastic at protecting the front of the goal. Uh, and then they're, they are, they can kill you in, in the transition, you know, especially when all of their guys like Blanco and all those guys are out on the field, Jimmy Chara, and the likes, they, they have a lot of quality and a lot of speed that can really hurt you in, in those transition moments. I mean, I think that's their greatest strength. They've obviously shown some capacity on some set pieces where they have some size as well. Um, but they are they are certainly a team that is, I think, again, and we have some teams in our league that are pretty comfortable not having the ball and looking for those moments to punish you if you if you turn over the ball in bad areas, if you don't protect yourself when you're in possession and you're you're trying to attack, things like that where they can really we can hurt you. And uh, they've they've been like that for a while, all the way to the finals last year. So it's it's um, they're a stingy and and veteran group that they certainly know who they are and how they can get results. It doesn't always hasn't always worked out for them this year, but typically they can find a rhythm. And when they start to execute on what they're good at, they become a very dangerous team. All right, there's Greg Van. He, he's absolutely right. Big surprise. He actually pays attention to, to the opposition. Uh, <laughs> he scouted them appropriately. Yeah, Portland, even in this game, and obviously they were playing uh, with 10, they were very good in the low block. Um, but it was funny because this is a team, Orlando, who doesn't want the ball, right? I mean, we, uh, the Galaxy just played Orlando. We saw, yeah. yeah, we saw that happen. Orlando was excellent on the <laughs> counter, and we saw what happened to the Galaxy there. So I, I didn't watch the game, but I would imagine two teams waiting for the other team to counter. You know, <laughs> it's kind of perfect the way that it finished 1-1. Yeah, it, it absolutely was. Uh, and it, Portland needed to have more of the ball in this time, this particular game, especially whenever they were down a man and they had to push sort of in that second half in order to create a goal. They did a better job of creating goals than the Galaxy did against Orlando. Um, not surprising, yeah. but quite honestly, the Galaxy probably had more chances um, than what Portland had. Um, they are a very compact team. If we look at their average position, look at look at everybody just combined into the center of this field. Um, this is what they do. They set up their two rows, their low blocks. Um, and then they look to spring on the counter. They will be a counterattacking team against the Galaxy. The Galaxy like to have possession that feeds right into Portland. Sometimes, sometimes I almost wish Vanny's like, you know what? We're changing it up. Just kick the ball back to him. We, we're, <laughs> we're going on the counter. But, we're, we're going but on the do counter. You, do you trust that back line enough to let another team attack from the majority of the game and hope that we get the counter? So that that's that's the other side of the sword there. Uh, so you know that, that's that's where we'll see where they go. The one players that I worry about, Yimmy Chara. I think the goal. Keep him on both of his feet. He, he's leading Portland. He has two goals. They're both bicycles. So if they can keep him on both of his feet, we should be good. And then Blanco, Vanny mentioned him. So that already makes me feel a little bit better that, you know, he's on the radar. Sebastian Blanco is one of those players who he's. And he hasn't. Been I, I don't know if I've said and this he, before, but yeah, he hasn't played. But like he's he 
you know, th- th- he's a, that type of player who who can come in and make some noise. You know, if, if he's about ready to come in, uh, you know, he's a player that scares me. He should, uh, yeah, and he should. And it sounds like he's going to be ready-ish to come back into this game. So maybe he doesn't start. He could start, but maybe he doesn't start and he comes into this game and still is an effect off of the bench. Um, the Van Rankin replacement will be interesting to see because I think the Portland defense is not as good. I think as as maybe people have led it to believe. Um, but they are compact. They are rather um, difficult to break down and the galaxy have trouble breaking down teams. So, I mean, you know, you want to talk about a game. This is going to be a replay of something like the Seattle game, right? Which is uh, they Seattle didn't have possession. They didn't have many chances. They scored three goals. Uh, I can see Portland sort of doing the same thing, which is Portland gets four chances and they score three of them. Um, Or Spria, you know, does something crazy and just, you know, scores a banger or something like that. (laughs) I can see the galaxy. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Which yeah. is sad. Yeah, it, it's um, it, it's it's crazy whenever you look at some of this stuff. One of the things that was also interesting is the LA Galaxy actually had a winning record against Portland, who went to the finals last year um, in last season, right? Played them three times, beat them twice, lost once. Their one loss, obviously, was the one up in Portland where uh, famously, infamously, uh, Derek Williams took out Andy, Andy Polo, who is no longer with the Portland Timbers because he was yeah. transferred to another team because he's not a nice person. Um, what, so, a weird, what a weird timeline of events for that to happen if when you read into that i, I don't know if that's been if it's in poor taste to discuss no that, but i think just, we, we talked it, about it he was basically he's accused of, of domestic abuse and they had an issue at his house that happened the day after, after Derek will yeah. williams took him out it, and the injury was part of the allegedly <laughs> part of the conversation and that kind of you know sent sent him spinning it's kind of wild, kind it, of wild. It's <laughs> super weird that just the galaxy yeah. tie into it. So anyway, um, galaxy lost three, nothing in Portland, uh, last May, whenever they played them, then beat Portland four to one in July and then beat them two to one in October. So galaxy had some success against Portland last year. Uh, and again, that's a team that went to the, <laughs> to the finals mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. And so to that point, I think, yeah, Portland, when they play against most MLS teams, you look and watch them counter and, you know, they're always in the mix. But I think the Galaxy does match up well against them. And it shows last season. This is I think maybe this Portland team this year is a step backward from last year. Um, You know, so I could see the Galaxy, you know, going up there with Van Rankin out with possibly Tuoloma out. Uh, You know, this is David Bingham's Portland Timbers. So maybe, you know, I don't think he's going to play. But, uh, you know, (laughs) the Galaxy can make something happen here. Uh, I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that they can get some points out of this because they match up really well against Portland to that reason uh, because Portland's going to wait back and let them possession. And with Vanny and XG and the possession that the Galaxy have had in creating chances, that should be there this weekend. This this is is an XG underperformed game, right? This is one where the Galaxy have like an XG of 2.2 and they score max one goal and Portland has an XG of like 0.91 and they get two. Um, that's what, that's what this feels like. I listen, I don't feel great about this game just because things happen in Portland. It's not a great place. The galaxy have had some bad moments there. And, and even if you go back to the three, nothing loss that ended up being against a 10 man LA galaxy team, it was zero zero at the time. The galaxy were dominating that game. In fact, yeah. if, if Derek, that Williams, was like an XG, it was the same, same type of situation. Yeah. Yeah. So all of these things sort of seem like they're, they're doing now the fun I don't know fun part about this. The interesting part is that Derek Williams is very likely going to be in the starting lineup. I really feel that Vanny was waiting for the break to sort of work him back in. Um, and that now that he has had that break that he could be starting. So I don't know if Nick DePew plays because I think Sega cool has probably earned a spot more than Nick DePew in the first four games. Yeah. So Derek Williams could be back in that against Portland. <laughs> so all that fun <laughs> stuff is, is there. And, and I think that that'll be the first time he's been back there. And so maybe you don't play him because of that, but maybe you do play him. For that. I don't know. 
I think on the field, I don't think the you know it's that big of an issue, but I think the fans definitely remember, and it'll it'll be a thing, uh, a, a part of the discussion. But I think for that reason, it's kind of like a redemption game for Williams. So I would start him, and I agree with you. I think Sega has been the better of the two pairings. I think he's earned he's earned that spot so far this season. Not to say that he's been flawless and hasn't had uh, you know some shaky moments, but I think over the course of the four games, he, he's he's been he's done better than I actually uh, have expected him to. I, I've been impressed with Koulibaly when it's, when it's all said and done. Um, the interesting thing that we have here, uh, whenever we look at the averages for these two teams so far is that the galaxy tend to hold more possession than Portland. We sort we told you that almost 60% average possession for the LA galaxy, Portland at 46 galaxy, getting off more shots, more shots on goal, <laughs> more, more shots on goal, uh, total passes, you know, almost 75 on average, more passes than the Portland Timbers. Um, you know, so you go through some of these things and you can sort of look at, you know, their, their comparisons, the galaxy should control and dominate possession in this game. They should control and dominate the chances. They should control and dominate the, um, the shots. The biggest problem is of course that Chicharito who is leads, I think he's second, um, in shots in the league right now, uh, is not converting at the rate that you need him to convert in order to make some of these things. Um, yeah, Chicharito's second in MLS in shots, attempts 15 and tied for third in shots on target eight, but has scored with just two of those, leaving yeah. his conversion rate at 13.3. Uh, Which, yeah. I, I will say this, speaking of shots, I've pulled up the Galaxy stats so far. Obviously, Chicharito leads the team in shots, uh, but you know, you would think, okay, well, who else is going to be up there? And Kevin Cabral is actually pretty far down the list. Nick DePew has just as many shots as Kevin Cabral. And so that's not a good thing. And so that kind of goes back. Maybe he's in the right position, but he's not making the attempts. So well, you know, mean, maybe he needs to make more attempts, you know, have those shots on goal, make it happen. So that was kind of surprising to see him further down. Chicharito, 15 uh, shots. Ravellison with nine. Douglas Costa with eight. Uh, Edwards with seven. Vasquez with seven. And then it works its way down. Uh, Al- Efren Alvarez with six. And then Cabral and DePew with five each. So again, the fact that they're on even footing, a little bit concerning. And that might explain it. You know, he's not, he's not taking the shots. He's looking, you know, to, to make the move or make the run or, or dish the pass instead of having that killer instinct. You look at Chicharito, he'll, he'll kick it into a guy's shin. He'll kick it, you know, into the stands, but he he's trying, he's making the effort to take those shots. And so I think we need to see more of that from Cabral in defense of, uh, of, of Kevin Cabral on this, uh, Nick DePew is a converted striker. So, I mean, he is Fair. allowed to have the same number of shots, even if he's playing for defense, <laughs> it's um, all set piece headers, I'm sure. All right. Uh, we go to five thirty eight. I have this information. Do you have your information? Are you ready I to do. talk about yes, that? This match. All right. Tell the people, the wonderful people, uh, what the Portland LA galaxy match has in store for, uh, from five thirty eight. So, uh, you know, per usual, when you're traveling away, uh, it's always tough to get the edge there. So Portland is favored by 41%. So Portland winning is a 41% chance. According to 538, the LA Galaxy have a 33% chance of winning and then a 26% chance for a draw. So again, about a 10% difference there. Uh, when you look around the league and you see some of those other percentages, it's not that big of a di- you know difference. You look at someone like Sporting Kansas City, you know, away at, at Vancouver, their percentage is kind of in that similar range. You know, the Red Bulls and New England, uh, you know, that they're kind of there. So again, it's not like this is a huge upset if they were go to go up there and steal you know one point or three points. It's definitely in range uh, when you think about it. You know, they're going to give the home team the advantage, but the Galaxy are kind of right there. You know, th- there's definitely going to be some goals. They're not expecting a draw. I think I went to Bovada as well, where they have, you know, the over under, you know, somewhere around three goals, three and a half goals. So, again, they, they are expecting some goals to happen. So so we'll see how that ends up. I, you know, I think they can make it work. You have a guaranteed to be wrong prediction. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, Galaxy lose this game three to one. Uh, XG wildly in favor of the LA Galaxy. Uh, <laughs> shots will go over 18. They will have over 18 shots to Portland's seven or eight. Um, and they'll lose 3-1. You watch. That's well, well, I, I, well, that I, would explain it. If they're down 3-1, then you know Portland's going to sit back and then the Galaxy's just going to keep moving. I did have this game initially. I was, gonna, I was thinking draw, mm-hmm. but then... I talked myself into it. XG, I believe in Greg Vanny. I don't think it's a symptom. I think it's they're going to fix it. This is the goal explosion. This three is two, the LA Galaxy win. Woo! Reminiscent of like David Beckham years going into Portland, just smacking them across the face in their own building. Yeah, uh, on, I like it on the plastic the, grass. The vi- the vibes feel right against Portland. You know, given some news stories about them and things that they've done. You know, speaking of Derek Williams and Andy Polo, I think you know the soccer gods owe us this one. Yeah, the uh, I believe there would probably be more people rooting for the LA Galaxy in this game than is normal, just yeah. under the current circumstances. <laughs> uh, MLS, which is very rare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. MLS did come out with a, uh, a quote unquote independent report on the Andy Polo situation. Uh, they they kind of fined Portland twenty five thousand dollars. It was like nothing. They they did nothing. Um, and then there is big questions about the independent report and the uh, the actual law firm that that is supposed to be doing the independent report is the same law firm that's handled most of the LA, uh, most of MLS's expansion team like paperwork and yeah. stuff like that. So and, and if, just yeah. to catch those up who are listening who may not be aware that you know it's a possible domestic dispute and that Portland you know ownership and front office members were you know reaching out to Polo's wife you know asking her not to speak or you know basically trying to pay hush money to cover things up which they denied and the and the report yes. says that they didn't find that now we've all heard the audio from it where it yeah. sounds pretty it sounds fishy it sounds like they knew yeah yeah and it feels and and obviously you know this is listen portland has somehow escaped multiple um yeah if you just, go to the women's team and yeah it's it's there it's it's bad news oh Total bad news. So yeah. I, I don't know how they keep dividing. And by the way, Portland Timber fans not ecstatic about um, all of this and certainly calling for some changes. Uh, certainly wouldn't be look at social media. So anyway, that will be the, the atmosphere going up to Portland that this report just came out while it happened. So we'll see what the reception is for the Portland uh, for the Timbers and everything else. It'll be it's going to be a little more tense, I think, from just them in front of their own fan, uh, them in front of their own fans in their own building with their ownership there. I think it's going to be more tense than people re- sort of realize it. So, yeah, but but to, to the to the credit of the fans, this is not the fans doing. And so, you know, Portland does have, you know, a rabid fan base <laughs> as, you know, the, the the going back and forth for what it is. But give them credit for for you, you see them calling it out. And so, you know. Big, big up. I'll, I'll applaud the fans for doing that. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, all right. I think that about it. that's about it. Uh, LA Galaxy will travel on Saturday up to take on Portland. So they travel on Saturday. Game is on Sunday. They will fly back uh, to Los Angeles after the game on Saturday. So I think it's one, you know, a two o'clock, basically a kickoff. So um, let's see two hours. That's four o'clock. So what they're at the airport by six. 15 6 30 or so and back home about two and a half doing, hours i'm not so, doing airport math so they're basically home by around 9 9 30 that's my guess um p.m so so pretty easy week for them and then obviously they'll get ready for lafc coming up on april 9th so that's sort of the week that sets it up la galaxy uh against portland on fs1 and fox deportes another nationally televised game um so uh you can catch that one and then uh, hopefully we'll have a tv update for you here pretty soon about where where the local broadcasts are coming and we'll sort of keep our eye on that all right anything else uh that you want to talk about you good no i think we're good i mean if, if you're watching on youtube big shout out to soccer warehouse you know i know you had the jersey you've worn it before but i'm sporting mine today so big shout out 
soccer warehouse for hooking us up. People are asking if they can buy these. I think those people are crazy, but I am willing to entertain them about this. So I am, I will, I will work with, um, with soccer warehouse on this and we'll see if we can get those up. All right. So, uh, let's see, Eric, why don't you tell people where they can find you? We'll get on out of here. All right. As always, you can find me on Twitter at hammer EV. You can also find me on Instagram at galaxy profile. That's galaxy P R O F O U L. And that's where you can see a shirtless hammer on Zlatan day. If that's your thing, if that's your thing, for sure. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Gessman, J G U E S M A N. And of course at galaxy podcast, head on over to corner of the galaxy.com. You have our full, full media call today, uh, is up there. YouTube corner of the galaxy.com. All those fun places. Subscribe. Tell everybody, uh, that you're listening and, and keep growing this fan base. You guys are awesome. Galaxy Portland coming up on Sunday, 1.30 p.m., 1.55 kickoff. We'll catch you on Monday and get you ready for El Trafico starting next week. All right, for Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira, I'm Josh Pato Gessman. You've been listening. You've been watching Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.